The following is a presentation of Dating Kinky, Kinky Connections, and Kinky Education. We're kinky, done differently. what women and other wonderful humans want. A frank and fun discussion about the way people approach each other for romance, relationships, friendships, or other partnerships that make us happy, as well as an intimate discussion about how to connect with our own authentic self. With questions asked by a guy. And now here is your host, John, or as we call him around here, hi there, catsuit. Hello there, Nookie, and welcome to the show where we travel again to the Windy City to meet a professional dominatrix who brings the terms alluring and intimidating together to create a persona that is powerful and destined to dominate. Chicago-based visual artist and dominatrix Mara Mayhem has traveled the world practicing her craft and making submissives fall at her feet. For over 16 years, she has challenged the seasoned pros and corrupted novices with her unique style of domination. As an inquisitive and highly educated person, Mistress Mara revels in being both alluring and intimidating. Her directness will skewer supplicants as fast as any whip. Mistress Mara's passion for all forms of BDSM and fetish play is legendary but she revels in behavior modification, corporal punishment, and intense bondage. She will push boundaries while respecting limits, and she's always in control. When not keeping her wayward subs in line, Mistress Mara devours books, fine food, and the occasional soul. Mistress Mary, no, I won't forget the name. Our guest on What Women and other wonderful humans want. She can be found at maramayhem.com or on Twitter at maramayhem777. And now, the alluring and intimidating Mistress Mara Mayhem on what women and other wonderful humans want. It's five questions about memorable firsts. We call it the first five. And as always, we start with the first five, five questions about first with Mistress Mara Mayhem. First, hello. Hello. First time you ever saw that fiery red hair in a mirror and said, maybe I can do something with this. Oh, my goodness. Uh, probably as early as first grade so six or seven years of age because <laughs> it was very long and my parents never cut it <laughs> did that help develop your powerful personality 
I think that was always there, believe it or not. Uh, I, although there is some truth to be told about the uh, redheaded uh, temperament and disposition. You described yourself as alluring and intimidating. Describe the first time you ever intimidated someone. I've been giving resting bitch face since I was a toddler. In fact, uh, for my first passport photo, they couldn't get me to smile. And I was under, I was definitely in under two years of age. They just kept telling me, smile, kid. And I just stared at them. <laughs> first time you saw an image of you as a visual artist and what your emotions were getting to view it for the first time? Hmm. I've been drawing and painting since I was able to hold a utensil in my hands. So that's a tough one, honestly. Um, I, I was uh, winning a lot of awards even early on. So uh, I don't know if I can answer that one to the best of my abilities. I apologize. <laughs> well, I will follow up with this one. First time you ever won mm. an award for your artwork and how you felt. Uh, cocky and in the first grade because I had mastered uh, a, a, a caricature drawing <laughs> for a contest. <laughs> First time you ever pictured yourself or saw yourself in a mirror ready for a professional session as a dominatrix and the emotions going through you? Ah, mm, uh, 17. I was a young one when I thought I could do this. And when you thought you could do this, what was giving you that confidence? Uh, well, definitely something internal. Uh, although the fishnet uh, shirt at the time, I, I've been a lifelong goth girl, uh, definitely helped. First time you ever saw your seam stockings tattoo, and were you happy with it? Oh, yes. After four hours of laborious pain and work, I was thrilled. We'll be talking about those seam stockings and that tattoo and <laughs> all the wonderful things about Mistress Mara Mayhem when we return on What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Hello, all you dear listeners of this amazing show. My name is Anya, and I also have a podcast called Sexualchemy. And I would love for you to come discover what we're doing over in my little sliver of the world, talking about sex, our paths to figuring out our most authentic expressions, unshaming all aspects of it, and generally just creating community around people who want to explore whatever their most authentic sexual expression is. So I hope you enjoy listening. I hope you reach out and I hope you become part of my little community that I love so much. Join Anya for Sexualchemy and listen to my episode. It was an amazing interview. Sexualchemy with Anya, available where you get your podcasts.
Have you ever wanted to try something a little kinky in the bedroom but had no idea where to start? Or maybe your partner just told you they're into water sports, no, not the jet ski kind, and you really want to fulfill their fantasy, but you're nervous. That's totally normal. I'm Kate Sloan. I'm a sex journalist who's talked about kink in magazines like Cosmo, Playboy, and Glamour, and on my podcast, The Dildorks. My new book, 101 Kinky Things Even You Can Do, is a guide to some of the hottest and best-known kinks out there, from age play to zapping and everything in between. Each section offers three suggestions for ways you can try out your new interest with a partner or even by yourself. Curious? Order your copy now at 101kinkythings.com and start learning new things about your sexuality. Hi, this is Venus, and I have a special message going out to all the single ladies listening right now. What if you could have a committed, loving relationship with a partner who is monogamous to you, but who would love to see you have sexual experiences with others? Sounds too good to be true, right? Well, it's not. You really can have your cake and eat it too. You can have it all. Learn more at venusconnections.com. That's venusconnections.com. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at www.podcast. And now back to this episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want. Welcome back to the program where we're joined by Mistress Mara Mayhem from the Windy City. Have you always lived in Chicago? Uh, no, I've uh, definitely I'm not a native, although I've lived here the longest now. Do you get the Chicago vibes because it is very much a city with character? I have come to adopt this as my absolute favorite city. Uh, in spite of some things, <laughs> notwithstanding politics, but we won't go into that today. Uh, I definitely uh, feel it's the perfect middle ground of all the U.S. cities I've lived or been to in the sense that it's not too aggressive like the East Coast, but it's not too relaxed like the West Coast. It's the right pace. Does Chicago have a wonderful kink scene? think it does but i'm always busy with nefarious activities <laughs> um i think the city boy that that is an interesting question because i have so many feelings about it so for me personally i i live a very vibrant and colorful life within the realms of the city but as for the like play parties um, since the pandemic, that's been a little bit lax and non-existent. I think we're slowly coming out into, you know, more normal quote unquote times, but uh, we definitely have some nice lifestyle organizations and uh, events. So I gotta say, we do have that going for us. When I met you at Kinky College, I was at the Leathers by Danny booth uh, getting mm -hmm. some new per, uh, cuffs with purple leather on them. Absolutely loved them. <laughs> and I turned around and there was the fiery redhead right behind me. And you were so nice <laughs> enough to say hello. But I could tell something about you from the very first time I met you. 
you are very much about business. And because you have that persona about you and that energy about you, I knew that not only were you a powerful person, but you are definitely a driven person. What gave you that kind of drive in your life? Oh, uh, good question. I, I suppose it starts, stems from the fact that if you tell me when I express a goal or interest in something and I'm told no, that only motivates me further in doing said goals or activities. For instance, I was discouraged from becoming a pro-dom by many lifestyle people. I started in the lifestyle scene and uh, I said, yeah, that's nice. I'm going to do it anyway. Why would they discourage you? You know, uh, not to go into like body or sexual gender politics necessarily, but I do think older generations uh, has believed that, you know, if you did something like this as a woman, you'd become mean, quote unquote. And I'm going, well, isn't that the point? Uh, in part. And I think, you know, when people say something like that, you have to ask yourself really deep down inside, well, what's in it for them by expressing such an attitude or view? And I believe, but I believe there's a lot of inherent competition, whether people support each other or not, where everyone seems like, especially in the older generations, and I am a member of that older generation, that the competition Mm -hmm. seems to come first. And every now and then just the simple kindness comes second. And especially when you're talking about, and I'll totally admit it, the male side of the, of the, the divide there. Yeah, th- that's fair. That's absolutely fair. And uh, but to, truth be told, it was mostly men or male identifying uh, persons who would say something like that. And I just, well, obviously, I'm living my best life. And uh, I'm sure they're just, I don't know what they're doing. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> now, were women supportive of your, your cause? That's a 50-50 answer. So yes and no. Um, I believe uh, people who believed in me are are obviously still very much part of my life. And uh, those who were skeptical, I think, are uh, either, you know, eating their own words now, so to speak, (laughs) or not in the picture, if you catch my drift. I understand. The irony of the idea that you would become mean by doing that is <laughs> so amazing to me because in doing the over 100 shows that we have done in this particular series, I find professional dominatrices to be amongst the kindest and most loving people that I've ever talked to because of the connection that you give to the people that you are able to bring such a service to. And you quoted it very well in one of your biographies where you said, this isn't a job, it's a passion. Describe that for me. 
This isn't a job, it's a passion. Well, I do uh, stand by this uh, philosophy in my life that uh, if I'm not enjoying something, I don't do it. And that obviously uh, trails into the realm of professional and pro personal kink, if you will. Uh, I've definitely won't do certain activities because one, it doesn't stimulate or feed my growth and I'm not a service top as well. One thing that I don't think a lot of people understand, and I really got an opportunity to understand this when I visited Castle Diabolica with Amanda Wildfire and uh, Queen P. And the amount of mm -hmm. work that goes into the preparation before you even start a scene is immense. Yes. <laughs> Can you give me and people who don't understand why it's not a job, it has to be a passion. What goes in to a typical scene from the time somebody approaches you to the time you say goodnight? Ooh, I like this one. Well, obviously without, without further ado, a lot of mental uh, work goes into it. I have to uh, be definitely in a very Zen state to uh, participate in my own scenes. I have to put any and all outside um, distractions, worries, concerns to the wayside so that I can focus on the session scene at hand. And uh, I, that, that takes a little bit of emotional prep and maturity. And it definitely has become easier the longer I do this. So uh, I would say earlier on though, there was all more insecurities and uh, you know, what if questions percolating, but not so much these days, because as you, as you play more, you gain experience. And as you interact with people more and establish relationships more, you are uh, more confident in how you approach these situations. And I think uh, people forget to realize it, there is emotional connection in these dynamics, whether they're professional or private and that that takes a lot of planning the planning actually starts with a session application and yours mm -hmm. is available on your website but mm -hmm. i am Correct. sure that there are things people can do to catch your attention immediately and things people can do to immediately have <laughs> you put it over at file 13 what are some of the things that are the telltale signs that catch your attention and make you go, I think I can do something with this? Well, if we met in person and you stood out to me and uh, contact me, either, you know, polite email or join one of my fan sites or I'm not saying gifts, uh, material trinkets are necessary, but I will remember you if uh, you do something like that. You know, the gesture, the thought that goes into your correspondence with me is what I will remember. 
and of course, good English and being as educated as possible is always a good idea <laughs> in that, I would guess. Well, well, I don't need you to be a Rhodes Scholar, <laughs> but, but because I'm a little bit of a, uh, what is the word, a sapi is it sapiosexual, the, the individual yes. who's turned on by, yes, so I would identify as that. It helps if you can put punctuation marks in the right spot and have spell checked a few things. Um, if you're using Google Translator from your original language to mine, I'm going to notice the mistakes. <laughs> you are a very well-educated person. When you were coming up in the world and going to school, did you know what you wanted to do in life? Oh, I wanted to do 500 things, but that doesn't mean I could uh, do all of them. But in a way, I feel that pro-professional domination has allowed for me to pursue all those dreams. I, I wanted to go to film school uh, at NYU growing up. Sure, we all do, right? Um, and instead, you know, I, I produce content now on my own. I make my own. I write my own scripts. I, I curate my own wardrobe. Hell, I can even fix my own wardrobe and I'm starting to build my own latex. So I feel like all the artistic things I wanted to do growing up, I can do through my career. You have so many different looks. It's not just the latex catsuit. I was looking through the gallery on your website, and I love the fact that there, are, there is so much of a variety in it. Um, catsuits are obviously a, a wonderful thing, but between dresses and between lingerie and the different styles that you have is it pretty much about the emotion going into it or is it a certain mood that you want to set with each look oh definitely mood i'm a mercurial bitch at that at raid i'm gonna own that totally and uh if it aesthetically pleases me and looks like it's dark and brooding and vampy it belongs in my wardrobe <laughs> hands down do you have a favorite place you like to go? For wardrobe For attire? For wardrobe attire. Hmm. Ooh. Oh, that's a can of worms. That's like a separate podcast of <laughs> Where Mara Likes to Shop. Um, um, Welcome back to Where Mara Likes yeah. to Shop. <laughs> <laughs> um, true story. I um, Because individuality is so important in curating our look our signature our our mark on the world so to speak i uh i try to find things that are a little bit unique although i am a sucker for uh, select pieces from honey burdette lingerie <laughs> i hear that name quite a bit when it comes to not only pro doms but lifestyle doms that is just the the perfect look for many Yes, it, it definitely. And it fits many sizes. I'm not exactly, um, I don't have a lot of real estate up top. So I, I can appreciate a uh, company that doesn't stab me in the sternum. <laughs> <laughs> I talk about cat suits a lot, obviously, with a name like <laughs> Hi There Cat Suit. You're going to talk about cat suits a lot. 
And one yes, of the, we are. One of the things I <laughs> always like to talk about, which seems to be kind of an epiphany moment with many people that I talk about it with, is that to me, cat suits are the ultimate mindfulness exercise. Because How do you say that? When you wear one, and my listeners have heard me tell this story many times, but I love telling it. <laughs> when you wear one, you can think of a certain body part that is being touched. Let's say the inside of your left shoulder blade. And at mm -hmm. the same time, you think of the back of your right calf and it's being touched at the same time. And suddenly you realize that the small of your back is being covered and then the front of your thigh. And suddenly you realize that this garment, this tightness, this compression is all over you. Mm -hmm. And it creates this, for me, armor of safety and, and beauty for me, because I feel safe when there's compression involved. I feel safe when there is a certain sleekness to it. I think that shining a bright light up against the catsuit creates its own visual medium of making it, making it even more alluring by when you have shiny tights that the lights literally caress the body as you see it. So mm -hmm. I, I have this, this whole meta routine about cat suits. Do you have any thoughts on the cat suits that you like? Because I've seen both leather, I've seen some spandex, and I've also seen <laughs> a total coverage in latex, which to me, not seeing the red hair there was kind of like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta keep people guessing mm -hmm. with that one. Um, going into that, uh, not showing the red hair once in a while is a nice head fuck, mm -hmm. just as an aside. And uh, it's another way to feel that uh, touch of latex, but even more personal, especially when it comes to the face. Mm -hmm. uh, as for latex or just a cat suit itself i i love I, I i for me it makes me feel more like the cat that i already am i feel like i can just move and pounce a lot faster when i uh when i wear one and uh it feels literally like a second skin uh, even though i'm fully covered i feel completely naked and yet i'm not it's a great feeling is there a certain power that comes with that, that there is everything right in front of your sub, but at the same time, there's nothing there? <laughs> Meaning if they're wanting to see something, you are denying them in the most beautiful of ways. I think that's part of the charm, isn't it? The, the ultimate tease in the denial itself. <laughs> Cat suits aside, what are the things that you like to do to set the mood for one of your perfect scenes? Oh, I like to um, ensure that uh, the lighting is just right. I don't want too blaring. Uh, as somebody who has light sensitivity, that is just a no-go for me. I like 
definitely some good candles of my own choosing in the back background. I I have a affinity towards leather scented or um, more frankincense and myrrh type candles mm. for the scene because I feel like having grown up Catholic, there's something very ritualistic about those scents. So I, I love that incorporated. I uh, make sure that every accoutrement, so to speak, <laughs> is set and available for my usage, assuming we're going to use it. Sometimes you change your mind, um, but out of sight for the person that they may be used on. So that's always a fun little game of hiding the Easter eggs. Uh, <laughs> I also like to uh, make sure that my heels are on the moment I'm dressed so that I'm already in the mood. <laughs> that, so that, that's one way. That I'm guessing is an integral part of feeling powerful is the heels. And I know that yes. sometimes, and this, this comes from my limited wear of heels, but sometimes <laughs> just the sheer statuesqueness, that's not an English word, but I'm going to use it anyway. The certain, <laughs> the certain power of the towering of you in those heels must create a wonderful headspace for you at the same time. That click clack of the heels definitely does it for me. It's that auditory sound on the hardwood floors. It makes me realize it's time. <laughs> One of the things that I noticed in your interest is what you call intense bondage. Can mm. you explain what that is in your mind? Intense bondage, well, the more intricate, the more innate, the more time I spent wrapping, binding, or confining you is my idea of bond, intricate bondage. Uh, and uh, I recently acquired a uh, latex uh, back bed of all things, because I thought, well, why make it easy? <laughs> <laughs> so the more intricate, the more involved it is, the more interested I am. The first time I ever got to try a latex vac bed was at Kinky College. Diva, Elect oh. Diva Electric had a vac bed there, and they knew that that was a bucket list item for me. Did you have fun? It was one of the safest feelings I ever had. And I realized it was only about five minutes, maybe a little more. But in that time, I felt safe. I felt loved. I felt held in a way that I never had before. And it was an emotional feeling especially when it's a bucket list item because you've been thinking about what that moment would be like for so long and then to finally mm -hmm. be able to experience it and it's everything you imagined it would be. That's, that's beautiful. I like hearing that. And uh, 
did you feel like you couldn't get a sense of time when you were uh, encased? I didn't want to be let go. I'll, I'll just, <laughs> I can come right out and say that I did not want to be let go because wow. when life is as crazy as it is for me and mm-hmm. over the past three or four years, my life has taken dramatic turns going from a, uh, an award-winning television producer to not knowing what he was going to do with his career or his life. And then discovering a second chapter that may be more rewarding than the first. But all that time also becoming my authentic self in the kink world, where I went from this person who was known for wearing his cat suits or his leotards and tights into a a scene and having sensation scene to now I am very much an impact person. I very much want to explore submission I very much want to understand what being out of control after having my entire life being one of being in control would feel like. That's a good answer. That's a great answer. Because everybody always turns to me for their answers. Mm -hmm. And I'm turning to somewhere else where they provide the answers. And they provide the direction in which my life can go in. I think it's a submission is the ultimate uh, gift in a lot of ways because it allows you to surrender. Control is such an elusive term anyway. It's a it's a figment of our imagination. No one has control. Everything is chaos, right? If we want to really get deep down and philosophical here. <laughs> but uh, the idea that you can surrender that is the ultimate gift because especially for men or male identifying, it's frowned upon. So the fact that you can be vulnerable, the fact that you can let loose and not have to organize control demand it's a wonderful thing it allows you to see a different side of yourself i take it that and i know this for a fact because it's on your website that you uh, play with people of all genders or non-gender as the case may be is there a different mindset when you have a a woman or a non-binary type in there in that the testosterone for lack of a better term is not the thing that's driving it but instead it's what i have come to understand as the emotional journey or the 360 degree view instead of the straight line view that many men have wow let me organize my thoughts on this one um i try not to see people through the lens of what uh gender is uh, assigned to them but rather how they come to me as a person Mm -hmm. and you know as as i say on my website and i'll stand by this in all context uh i'll play with anyone as long as you're not a jerk Mm -hmm. and we like each other and we have mutual respect so if you're respectful towards me i'll be respectful towards you unless of course you're really into degradation, but that's a different topic altogether. 
One of the things that you have listed on there, speaking of genders, is cross-dressing and feminization coerced and forced. Mm -hmm. And while I have never done that, even though I'm a guy who likes to wear cat suits and, and tights and leotards, huh? um, I find that whole world somewhat interesting, especially the forced and coerced part. Is it because <laughs> men cannot give themselves the permission to let go and that's what makes it so powerful? Yes, in part. And also, you know, what are some common insults used towards the male gender? Uh, oftentimes, don't be such a girl. There's no, like, there's something wrong with that. So yeah, I want you to taste a little bit of what it's like to be a girl and maybe not feel so ashamed about it. <laughs> when I had described on my, prior to my appearance on the Off the Cuffs podcast, I talked about the fact that when I am in a scene, I describe myself as damsel, not necessarily, mm. not necessarily female, but damsel in mm -hmm. that I, when I watch, and I've told Christina Carter this, and I've told Kendra James this, when I have watched their videos and their content, I see them all tied up or being in predicament bondage, superheroin bondage. And I say, your outfits look great. You all look great. I love the way you portray the struggle there. But the fact is what really turns me on is the fact that I want to be you and I want to be inside your mind. <laughs> And to have that mindset of just wanting to be that person. And somebody had explained it to me in a very amazing way. They said, John, have you ever been desired before? And I had to stop and go, no. Hmm. And it created this vision that allowed me to understand things where maybe my outfits, maybe the fact that I will wear fake breasts, although I don't have any body dysmorphia, it's mm -hmm. very much the feeling of wanting to be desired and put myself in that headspace. So mm -hmm. I can understand the coerced and forced, but also you know, I, I get to see so many wonderfully beautiful women and other wonderful humans. It doesn't matter what gender and you can see the, the desire about them. And I'm going, I wouldn't mind being that. I kind of went off on a tangent there, but. Oh, no, I loved it. I loved, I love hearing different perspectives and uh, what people bring to the table from, you know, their various narratives, so to speak. So that was enjoyable. But uh, you were saying. I was going to say, let's take a quick break. <laughs> and when, let's do it. And when we return on what women and other wonderful humans want more with Mistress Mara Mayhem, when we return. Realizing that you're polyamorous can be a wonderful insight. Polyamory Dating Guide is a book about finding other people who share your view of polyamory and want to share it with you. 
This book includes a variety of sections on poly-specific dating, such as navigating online dating with a review of poly-specific dating sites and how to make a profile that works, real-time dating tips that will tell you where to find polyam people and how to make a positive impression, how to date as an existing couple, and if you should, dating as an introvert, queer in dating, and lots more. Get your copy at polyamorydatingguide.com. Hi folks, Key Barrett here, and I've got a question for you. Do you think your wife or girlfriend makes the best decisions and you want to support her any way you can? Ladies, do you think your partner works best when they're told exactly what you want? You both might be looking for a female-led relationship. From mild to wild, these strong relationships have one thing in common, satisfaction. Read Surrender Submit Server on Audible, Kindle, and Paperback today to start your female-led journey. And good luck. This is Alicia Zadig, author of the new book, Yes, Mistress. I'm also Mistress Alicia, a leading dominatrix and BDSM expert. My book, Yes, Mistress, takes you on a provocative, eye-opening journey into the erotic worlds of kink, fetish, and female domination. Join me for a fascinating conversation. Male submission is more common than you think and more rewarding than you can ever imagine. Yes, Mistress, now available on Kindle, and you can order your copy at yesmistress.com. Are you liking what you're hearing? Check out the Total Archives wherever you find your podcasts. And please, remember to subscribe so you don't miss a minute. And while you're there, help John out by giving him a rating and a review. We really appreciate your feedback. Now let's get back to what women and other wonderful humans want. Welcome back to the program, joined from Chicago by Mistress Mara Mayhem. I remember the first time I met you and the thing that I had said to you, which I think may have caught you a little off guard, is that your voice reminded me of a legendary content producer and mistress named Simone Devon from Devonshire Productions. Mm -hmm. And I remember watching her videos that she did along with Brian Davis. And there was this certain way she spoke with very, very measured meter with the ability to bring you in and have your mind entranced. And you just talking to me had that voice. Is that (laughs) something that you're conscious of? Or is it something that has been brought about by the way you were raised? I think it's going to definitely be the latter for me. I uh, So English is not my first language. I grew up in a bilingual household. And um, when we moved to the United States, I had a, a very thick accent, actually. So I, I'm very cognizant of how I approach and how I speak and what tenor I use, because I know tone is such an important uh, factor in how people respond to each other. So may I ask what country you came from? 
I grew up in Germany, ah. actually, and I, st- I still have family there. So, uh, and actually in a couple of weeks, I will be going on a bit of a hiatus just to uh, see family for that reason. Of course, Germany has quite a history when it comes to fetish <laughs> and kink. And yes, yes, it does. Did you study any of that? Uh, as you were beginning to be a dominatrix, did you take a look at some of the, of the dare I say it, old German ways and try to <laughs> bring that t- towards your own style? You know, I stumbled upon uh, kinky pornography at quite a young age uh, in Germany. So I think it's left an impression if you catch my drift. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So, yeah, I have been studying the old ways for a long time, but also as an artist, I'm always trying to find my own voice in something. So while I appreciate the quote unquote old masters, if you will, I uh, try to uh, have my own take on things as much as possible. Growing up in that environment and then moving over here, was there more of an understanding of what you wanted to go into and a little less stigma involved? Or was it still a difficult thing to have to be able to share with family and those who are around you? I am very fortunate in the sense that my immediate family um, is very, very understanding and supportive of my uh, journey and my work in this realm of things. And uh, I couldn't be more lucky. Uh, I can't say that for all facets of my life, believe it or not, I have college friends who won't speak to me anymore because I, I'm quote unquote, this uh, pedophile whore, you name it, mm. blah, blah, blah. And insert negative connotation about sex work and, uh, kink as you see fit they they've probably called it to me so i'm fortunate in that realm that um having grown up with pretty bohemian family members i i i can express and uh discuss some of my work elements without divulging dirty details or breaching privacy so everyone wins Why do you think it is that there is such misunderstanding about sex work and kink? Because it seems to me that as time goes on, we make these strides where people start to understand more and more about BDSM and kink. It started with kind of 50 shades making it, Oh, here's what's actually happening. And now you see in shows like Billions and Bonding and uh, some uh, even Castle had uh, and Silk Stockings had dominatrix scenes in them. (laughs) It seems like people know about it, but still are adverse to finding out what it's really all about. I don't think anyone really likes to acknowledge their shadow element of themselves, do they, John? I've gotten to the point where I actually enjoy it from time to time. Personally, I think my shadows, uh, it may as well be my cat suit at this rate. It's like <laughs> a second skin. So I have no qualms with it. I think a lot of people, I think it stems to, especially like in the United States, we have a very, I mean, let's face it, the history is puritanical mm-hmm. and uh, very 
conservative religious values that play into part of how we uh, express and view uh, sexual behavior. And so with those in mind, it's, it's no wonder that people are uncomfortable disclosing or discussing even the most intimate parts of themselves. Like, I'm just thinking how often I've heard in my life from nice Midwesterners, oh, well, that's an unpleasant thing to talk about. Let's change the subject. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) One of the things that I appreciate about the work of professional dominatrices, and I've never known if that's the actual plural or not, I'm just going to go with it is the fact that they understand that they can make a genuine difference in the lives of the people that they have as their clients. Mm -hmm. But I also know that there's this deep passion and love that passes back and forth that you all as professionals have to almost like psychiatrists do make sure that you keep the boundaries where they're supposed to be. Does that ever become mm-hmm. difficult for you? Do boundaries become an issue of difficulty for me? Good question. I, and it's something I think about a lot, obviously. Boundaries are so crucial. Not necessarily in the professional, like between uh, like in confidential, submissive client relationships with myself but honestly because I am known in the local scene and community I have a I find it more common to have my boundaries uh not respected when we when I go out in public say to either a goth club or a BDSM party someone will come up to me and start talking to me or at me more likely hello I'm so and so and I'm going to tell you all about my sexual dysfunctions now and the thing is I didn't consent to that conversation in the first place besides just politely saying hello uh, and so that's where I find uh, boundaries are more likely to be uh, breached and something I have become more firm about of politely saying, hi, I'm off duty. <laughs> I, I once wanted to make a t-shirt for a TV anchor friend of mine that would go to the grocery store and realize that she didn't have on her TV makeup and she may not have done her hair. And I wanted to make the t-shirt says, yeah, it is me, but it's my day off. <laughs> I think you should make that t-shirt because guess what? I would wear it. <laughs> I will make a note of that. Absolutely. It needs to be in black, though, please. And thank you. Duly noted. Duly noted. (laughs) Where are your hopes and dreams now? You are doing content. You are obviously having some uh, amazing clients that you work with. Where do you see yourself going over the next few years? I mean, it's always good to have lofty dreams and ambitions, although I tend to make mine reality. So that's the good news. Mm -hmm. Uh, I think ultimately I want to, I love sessioning abroad. I love going across the pond, if you will, and working more. So now that things are starting to open up a little bit more and we can travel a little bit more freely, freely, I, I 
I'm hoping to establish more residency in Europe mm-hmm. uh, in the next few years. I also, after taking a uh, intensive in Japanese uh, shibari rope bondage, I, I'm hoping to go over to Japan and uh, perfect that art a little bit better because believe it or not, a lot of what we are taught in terms of rope bondage in the in Western culture is definitely Westernized. Mm-hmm. So I would love to be more immersed in more Eastern style bondage for a change of pace. And with the worldview that you have, that just creates more and more possibilities for the people you play with. My philosophy really is this. If I have something to look forward to, then that's all it takes for me to have a good time. I'm always in a good mood when there's something to look forward to, be it the next kink scene, be it my next tour, you name it. So these things are definitely on the short-term radar now that I've spoken to you about it. (laughs) Well, we look forward to following your adventures through social media. And also, if people want to contact you, it is maramayhem.com or on Twitter at (laughs) maramayhem777, correct? Correct. Thank you for uh, getting that right. (laughs) I try as a good host. Mara, it has been an, you are excellent. Thank you. It has been an absolute pleasure having you on the show, and I look forward to visiting with you again. And hopefully, next time when I am yes. in Chicago, I will get to say hello once more. I look forward to it very much. Thank you. What a wonderful conversation with Mistress Mara Mayhem from Chicago. I really enjoy interviewing people when sometimes it just goes from subject to subject because it feels like a really good conversation. And the conversation we had was just very enlightening and very connective. I always appreciate when guests come on and are so open. And thank you, Mistress Mara, for making yourself such a wonderful guest. That will do it for this week's show. We will join you again next Tuesday with another episode of What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want, presented by Dating Kinky. Until then, I'm John, always known as Hi There Catsuit. I hope I've earned the privilege of your time, and I remind you to always remember consent and to love each other always. What Women and Other Wonderful Humans Want connects with you. We invite you to follow us on social media. Check us out at What Women Want. P1 on Twitter, What Women Want Podcast on Instagram, and for our kinky friends on FetLife at WWW Podcast. This has been a presentation of Dating Kinky. Kinky done differently.